So Maddie will be teaching next week, and I'm very excited because Maddie's a wonderful teacher. Um, so yeah, um, we've been on the Sermon on the Mount. I counted we've, how long we've been in, on the Sermon on the Mount. We've been in the Sermon on the Mount for eight months. So you guys are troopers. I'm not kidding. We started and then we took a month. Eight months we have been in the Sermon on the Mount. Almost a year. I know. Well, because I remember we started it a few months before Luke and I got married. And then... Yes. That was when I first yes. We started mm-hmm. The packets somehow dwindled away. I don't know where they went. <laughs> Goodbye packets. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount for a long time. So you guys are troopers. You're very patient, and you're experts. So, congratulations. And we only have, we only have a few more weeks. I think uh, just two more weeks actually. We have this week, and then next week, Maddie's teaching, and then the next week. I will teach the last Sermon on the Mount, so we're almost done, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's been awesome, and I feel like I've learned so much um, just by digging into what Jesus has to say here, and so I hope you guys have too. Um, So, um, Andrea, can I ask you a big favor? Sure. Um, I don't know... I don't know where our markers went. They're always either here or here. Okay, cool. Well, I have a, a, what's it called? Activity. Activity. An activity. And I need Andrea to write on the board because she's an excellent speller and a good board writer. Has good handwriting. Um, So I want you guys to think for a moment, and this is going to be a weird question, but what are the hardest parts of being a Christian? And you can just board them out, and Andrea will write them down. And Andrea, feel free to board out your own and also write down your own. Um, So what are the hardest parts about being a Christian? What comes to your mind about hard things about being a Christian, a Christ follower? Loving others well. Loving others well. When you don't want to, yeah. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Loving others well all the time. What else is hard? It's like keeping your eyes focused on the Lord. Mm-hmm. So staying away from yeah yeah keeping your eyes focused yeah one of the things I thought of is seeing your sin and wanting to be better but the sin is still there oh, it makes me angry telling you all this and I don't do that either yeah, but like, I feel like I have the right to tell you right because we're supposed to help each other get better right, right. we're supposed to call out our sin yeah so like in, like hypocrisy double standards mm-hmm. yeah definitely very hard I don't know why I stood up um those valleys of like spiritual valleys where like you don't feel connected to God or you don't feel like reading your Bible or going to church. Just kind of like a numbness. 
really hard to be yeah <laughs> or looked down on or even like like she's totally being fake nobody's that yeah. joyful are you kidding me like, yeah yeah like persecution or yeah being looked down so on so weird calling that persecution I, yeah persecution to me is like hard yeah and getting made fun of sucks but it's not right like, but I do think now. I do think it's some version of persecution, mm-hmm. right? Because the Bible says that, like persecution. I think it's in First Peter that it talks about it. Is like persecution is sometimes when someone slanders you, because of the joy that you have in the Lord or because of your walk. And yeah, yeah. I would say sometimes it's hard to let go of the things that God wants us to let go of. So. Like, whether that's sin or just lifestyles that he doesn't want us to live in. It's hard trusting him that he has a perfect way for us. Following that perfect way. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting. 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 Oh. <laughs> that was really hard. Yeah, we wait for everything. <laughs> yeah. just thinking about that this morning of like why can't I just accept like oh heaven's actually a reality it just doesn't seem real sometimes I feel like sometimes it can be such a hard balance between knowing that you're a sinner knowing that he is holy Mm. trying to figure out who you are in him yeah and then it's just sometimes it's just this tension of trying to like and that kind of goes along with what I was saying just like learning how to follow his plan for you Mm. and learning how to be truly a child of God. Yeah. I am imperfect, but I'm still his child somehow. Hmm. So that that tension there. Yeah. Is hard to deal with sometimes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this connects at all to what you're saying, but like not slipping into legalism because it's like I want to do everything I can to make sure I'm a good enough child of God or I'm a good enough Christian. So I'm going to do 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 not out of love, but out of I just have to prove to myself. Um, fakeness. Mm-hmm. Being fake, convincing yourself you're a Christian and not being a Christian, or figuring out the fake people in your life. Mm, yeah. We're going to hit on that next week. The scariest verses in the Bible are Matthew seven twenty one through 23. It's when, like, Jesus says that in the last days, many will come, like, they'll die and they'll go up to heaven, and God will say, I'll ne- I haven't even, I don't even know who you are. Get away from me. 
which means that there's going to be many people that think that they're Christians, and then they'll get to heaven and they're not really Christians, which is very scary. Um, so that's a lot of things, right? And if we kept going, we could... Uh, you can sit down, Andrea. <laughs> thank you for your help. Um, yeah, we look at all these things, and these are all hard things of Christianity, and we could keep, we could keep going on about how hard it is and the different things that we walk through. I'm sure there's things that are part of your personal life that you can think of that are personally hard for you. Um, so you might be wondering, why are you doing this, Riley? Are you trying to convince me not to be a Christian, you know? Um, but no, I'm, I'm not, because Jesus does this, right? Jesus, Jesus is very clear that following him is not an easy thing. There's no fine print. There's, no, there's nothing he's trying to hide. He's very upfront with, in his word that following him is, is hard. It's difficult. It requires sacrifice. It requires waiting. It requires that constant tension and clinging to him. And it's, it's hard. It's a narrow path, which is what we'll talk about today. Um, but what are the greatest parts about being a Christian? Like you as a Christ follower, what are the best parts? The promises. The promises. So many promises. Yeah. The hope for tomorrow. Yeah. As silly as that sounds. Yeah. So much hope. Yeah. The lasting joy. Mm. Not just like temporary happiness. Mm. Lasting, really, really good joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes when I hear of like terrible stories of suffering of people that aren't Christians, I'm just like, how are they walking through that? Like, how do you lose a child without the Lord? How do you, how do you walk through cancer if you don't know Jesus as your Savior? Like, oh, but we have like such a great hope. Yeah. We have a community mm. of people. Yeah are like-minded yeah yeah it's the coolest thing to meet another christian and like they're part of your family yeah 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 we have the holy spirit and somebody else who can guide us to make decisions yeah like god literally lives inside of us comforts us helps us understand him more um yeah there's so many parts about being a christian that are like we could spend more time talking about the great parts about being a Christian than we could talk about the hard parts. But if we put a list of all the great parts and all the hard parts, you guys, like this is a question for you, I guess, do any of those hard parts of Christianity outweigh the greatest parts? Like would you trade being a Christian? Like if you're looking at the pros and cons list, like, you know, when you're trying to make a decision, you're like pros and cons. Like would the cons ever make you decide to leave the path of a Christ follower? I think my flesh, yes, but yeah. Jesus gave us his spirit, and mm. he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, so he promises that he'll, like, help us through all those times. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm set with Christ, so yeah. if yeah. I do choose to leave the faith, faith and never see him again, I'm still set with him in heaven, mm. though I want to stay with him like I do. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's the spirit that makes us want to keep going. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Does that question make sense to you guys? Like, looking at the cons list, would it, does it make you want to just throw in the towel, or is the pros list worth it? Uh, so, first of all, the least that was a perfect answer. Yeah. None of us can top it. <laughs> but because you said 
I'm sure that in my flesh mm. I would decide this, but I have the Holy Spirit, so that's not even something that I would consider. Mm. Right? That's so wise. Like, it's so truthful, too, because if you did not have the Holy Spirit in you, absolutely you would stumble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, like, coming at it from a different perspective, having seen what giving into the cost or, like, being okay with all of that mm. does. I'm not answering this correctly, but it's so much better to just wait mm. for whatever God's got mm. than to be so discouraged by what we see right? and what may be negative that we see. Mm. I yeah. Dude, I don't know how to say it correctly. So no, I'm you like said it perfectly. Stumbling for words, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's the spirit that's inside of us that's giving us strength to put one foot in front of the other like if we had if we didn't have god we would of course choose the path that's easier which is not christianity um but like seeing what so being made fun of right just as a very easy example it is not fun to get made fun of it is really not fun to get made fun of for decades on end about one specific thing that you're not going to change Mm. you know like you can it's it's not fun to get made fun of for anything right but when it's something that you know you're not changing, you know is going to stay forever, like it's really hard to endure that and know that it's going to keep coming mm, for yeah. decades. However, if we can just move it to the side, you know, mm. there are so many other things that are good right. about it that it almost makes the getting made fun of worth it. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is what I was kind of getting to, like in like the questions of like, those cons they're not easy they're hard they're painful but when you look at it with the big perspective you're like but I wouldn't trade it if it meant that I couldn't have Jesus yeah yeah, you said that perfectly yeah so we could look at this list and say you like you know what it's not worth it I throw in the towel I'm done but like we have the spirit which is reminding us no like the person that's waiting for you at the end of this really difficult hard life is Jesus and he's, he's also walking next to you the entire time, giving you strength. Um, and so, like, my prayer for you guys is that no matter what suffering you walk through, no matter what persecution you walk through, no matter how much you're made fun of, you always remember how amazing it is to know Jesus and to have that amazing hope, to have the Holy Spirit, and to never give up on walking this path of being a Christ follower because the end is life. Um, and we're going to read um, what Jesus has to say here in a second. Um, but 1 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 says, So we do not lo- lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are not seen, as we look to the things that are seen, but the things that are, that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transcendent, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Um, so Christianity is worth it. Jesus is worth it. And we can't see it all the time, but it's there. And we'll see it with our own eyes one day. Um, this narrow road we walk, this narrow and hard path we walk, we walk with Jesus and we walk it for Jesus. And it's so worth it. And it's so much better than the wide and easy path that Jesus will talk about here in a few verses. Um, so let's go ahead and read this together. Um, Matthew seven twelve through 14. Um, 
Jesus says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Um, so stepping back to verse 1, that, that exercise was kind of just to set the stage for um, verse 13 and 14. But looking at verse 12, this is the golden rule, right? It's all over the Old Testament. It's all over the New Testament. Treat others as you would be treated. Love others. Love God. Love others as yourself. Um, it's all over the Bible. Um, so this is a very broad question, but how do you like to be treated? So nicely. So, so nicely. <laughs> so gently. So nicely. <laughs> yeah. But I also, like on the other side, I want the people around me to say, Andrea, you're not doing this right. Let's fix it. Yeah. I want both. I want people to be so encouraging and helpful and uplifting, but I also want them to say, fix this we want you to be better we want you to be the greatest you can be and this is not that yeah yeah the balance yeah yeah how else do you guys like to be treated i think patiently Mm. patiently yeah patiently broad but like i'm like, mm. with respect. Like, yeah. you are a person. And yeah. I get that. Mm. And that sounds so stupid. But no. <laughs> there's so many people that treat others with such a, a sense of, like, you are a person, but I don't value you. Mm. Or I don't value what you say. Or even it's a worldly value. Like, you know, you're, like, your life is so important. Like, your life is valued. Like, you're so special. And then they walk away and they don't pray for you. They don't think about you. They don't say anything. Huh, yeah. like they don't do anything beyond that. Neither bad mouth you. And then the same words coming out of a Christian's mouth are, you're a child of God. You are so special. You are so important. You are so, like, so I struggle with that one sometimes because I, like, I, I struggle to figure out if someone is treating me nicely to look nice to my face or because, you know, like how you guys would, treat each other right because this is a valued child of God the mm-hmm. Lord loves them so I therefore will love them also right yeah and it's just it's it's the ways people show each other that too yeah because mm-hmm. I mean you can say like oh you're my best friend and I love you so much but if you don't sit down and listen to them mm-hmm. or don't acknowledge their feelings which I hate using that phrase because it's so like it's really worldly right now yeah but you have to acknowledge your feelings, especially with the, with other people. So, yeah, 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 those are all great things. And yeah, those are all ways that we should be treated. There are the ways that Jesus treats us and God treats us because of Jesus. Um, so we have to ask ourselves those questions of how do you want to be talked about? How do you want to be treated on your bad days, on your good days? How do you like to be appreciated? And then we have to take those answers and we have to do them for other people, not expecting that they will do it for us, which is so hard, like (laughs) like so hard. It's a hard and difficult task. And I needed to hear this, like I need to hear this every week, but I need to hear this this week because I forget all the time that my life doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around God. And because it revolves around God, therefore my life also revolves around other people too and making them feel heard and encouraged and taking time to 
pray for them intentionally and fervently. Um, and it's hard, but it's good and it's rewarding and it's what God calls us to. Um, and so, yeah, I, yeah. And I think what you said, Delaney, about just like letting, like using our words and then following up with our actions. I think you kind of said that too, Andrea. Um, that is so important because it's so easy to use our words to encourage and then never follow up with them. But to use our words to encourage and to also serve is just like the perfect formula to help someone and to show them love in a way that Christ would. Um, So yeah, I don't know about you guys though, but I easily slip into this mindset of I'm done serving this person because they never served me or I'm done doing this because I don't feel like I'm getting enough poured into. I'm so guilty of slipping into that. Um, And this is the opposite of Christ's mindset towards us because imagine if Jesus looked at us one day and they're like, and he was like, you know, I love them in this way and they will never love me in the way that I have loved them. So I'm just done. Like Jesus never does that. That's not the heart of our savior. He, he loves us perfectly and completely. And we will never be able to show him that same love back, but that doesn't stop him from loving us and serving us and dying for us. Um, like we were talking about before um, we started the lesson. Um, so Oh, that's okay. a times, but when there are people in your life that are that, they go like, I, I need to be done. I need yeah. some space. I need to step back. Like, I cannot do this anymore. Hmm. Is that wrong? Like, is that not hmm. Christ-like? Should we put ourselves in situations where we have to grow out of it and we have to hmm. figure it out? You know what I'm uh, yeah. Like, is it wrong to say, okay, I need to remove you from my life for a right. little bit? Right, right. And aside, like, obviously, if it's an abusive or a hurtful or a toxic, like, if it's harmful and not good, hmm. that's a different story. Right. Yes, you need to be safe. Yeah. However, if it's, like, do you know what, like, do you I know, know, what, I know what you mean. Is that wrong? Yeah. I struggle with that because I struggle with boundaries. <laughs> Sometimes, hmm. like, I want to be kind and welcoming to everyone. I want to be loving and helpful and joyful to everyone. However, I can't do that for everyone. Because right. everyone is too big, and <laughs> yeah. everyone there's there's some bad apples in everyone. So mm. do I stick it out with the bad apple, mm. or do I step back and focus on preparing my heart to do right. that, or do I make my heart practice it every day? Mm. Like, you know yeah, what I'm I know because both are intelligent approaches, but like, what is most biblical? Mm. Yeah, that I struggle with that question too. And I'm sure, like, we've all been in situations where we've had a relationship with someone who just, who doesn't really put much in, but we're constantly giving, encouraging, loving, serving, going, you know, and then it's, like, they don't really do much back. So, like, what would you guys say is, like, a biblical approach to those kind of relationships to still show love, but to protect yourself as well? Or are we supposed to protect ourselves? Mm. Are we supposed to just yeah. strengthen ourselves with the Lord and just be ready for it at all times? And I know that's a really like that, that's a really hard thing to talk about because nobody wants to <laughs> be hurt or like have mm-hmm. to put on battle armor every morning before you go out the door. Hmm. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Question. No, that's a good question. <laughs> and I think about that question all the time. Well, it's interesting to see how Jesus dealt with that because he was just one man at the time. Yeah. And he was one man and 
the height of his ministry was only three years. So he had only like that much amount of time mm-hmm. to love all those people. And we all know like he did eventually like prove that he does love everyone by dying on the cross. Right. But while he was doing his ministry, he wasn't able to do that directly, I guess. Like there were times when he did have to go off on his own and pray. There were times when he had to, he wasn't able to always reach like everyone, mm-hmm. I guess. And he did reach lots of people and he proved that he reached, that he was able to reach everyone through his death on the cross. Um, so I think for us, since we're not Jesus, since we didn't do that sacrifice, we don't have to put that much pressure on ourselves to love everyone mm-hmm. perfectly. And when we don't love people perfectly, we can just remember that Jesus already did. Right. And we can continue to be encouraged to love other people, but also realize that we're not, we're not like the real thing. Which I know we don't think that at all. Like, yeah. like this, this is not like a prideful thing that we yeah, do like, yeah. at all. But it's just, it's good to know that like he is our father, and we're supposed to follow his example. But he's mm-hmm. also our father, and we're never gonna be as wise as him. We're never right. gonna be as powerful as him. And no matter what happens, he's already done it all. Like he's mm-hmm. just already finished it. Yeah. So, I mean, keep on doing our best. We're gonna mess up, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we have to be discouraged. Like, right? Um, I mean, we can be troubled, we can be sad in our sin, but overall, he's already fixed everything. He's right. already done everything for us. That's right. why he came. He made it really obvious that um, we weren't gonna be able to be perfect on our own, and that's why he came. Hmm. That's why he did the Sermon on the Mount. He was basically just giving us a list of things we couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. He was telling us to go do them because that's how we glorify him, and that's how we tell others of like that we're different and that Jesus is like loving and real but he was also saying hey doing all this stuff isn't gonna save you right and you're gonna fail and it's gonna hurt but remember I already did it all so I don't know if that's like an exact answer I don't think there really is an exact answer. yeah I don't think there's an exact answer too I think it takes a lot of wisdom Mm -hmm. like to be like okay Lord I have this person in my life it would be good for me to stay this close to them or do I need to set boundaries like show me the way because um, there's going to be people in your life that the Lord asked you to walk with, and it's like, it it's going to take a lot out of you to walk with them and to serve them and to love them. And at the same time, like, I mean, the Lord's working on you the whole time too and teaching you, and you can have a few people like that in your life, but you can't do that for every single person in the church, every single person in this room, every single person at your work. You can't do that for everybody. And if he does give you someone and you feel called to, continue to work on that person hmm. he'll give you the strength to do it like right. I just think about like Delaney with you and Shauna yeah. like you just kept on working at her and God gave yeah. you the right amount of strength that you needed to do that so right. he's gonna like give you people absolutely but like he might also give you people that you're just gonna fail at evangelizing to just <laughs> yeah. double you he does a lot yeah. of things it's not always black and white right but I mean yeah I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and obviously we're not Jesus because I think of, like, how Jesus would, like, he would literally, a crowd would follow him, and they were, like, the neediest people in the world. They're, like, heal me, feed me, you know, all that stuff. And I'd be, like, I'd be so frustrated. I'd be, like, give me some, like, be quiet. (laughs) Stop following me. But he, like, he constantly, like, the writers of the gospel will say he was compassionate. He looked on them with pity. I read in Mark 8 yesterday where he literally looked at a man and felt love. Like, he looked at him and just, like, felt love immediately. And I was just, like wow, he's like, that's amazing. And, but we're not, we're not Jesus. We're becoming more like Jesus. Um, 
And so I think there's no perfect answer. Like you guys said, it takes a lot of wisdom. And if I can add, I think it's, it's uh, you guys basically already said it, but it's situationally too. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, there was that situation in Shauna where I didn't give up, but there was, I had another situation a few years ago where I had to set strict boundaries with somebody yeah. because I didn't feel safe. And right. maybe it wasn't toxic or it wasn't this, wasn't that, but being around this person caused me harm, just like mentally, emotionally. That sounds like I'm a baby, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's true that like emotions are real. And like kind of what you were going off of, Andrew, when you said like, if it's toxic, if it's harmful, obviously go away from it. But to me, um, harm can build up over time. Yeah. So like every single time I would see this person, more harm would build up mm-hmm. within me just because of what they did, because of who they were at the time, as terrible as that sounds. But the Lord redeems too. And it wasn't it wasn't me. I wasn't the one that needed to be there for that person. Mm, yeah. If if that answers your question. Yeah. Like I I won't go too far into it. Basically, I stopped talking to her for three or four months. Mm. She came back to me and now we're closer than ever. And it doesn't oh it never worked like that. Like that's not really mm. how it happens. But that just gave her the time to find the Lord, and that gave me the time to dig more into the Lord, mm-hmm. and we came back together, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely situational. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some people that we are just not equipped to exactly. help, and maybe someone else is, or yeah. the Lord just mm-hmm. needs to do their own work, but and yeah. So sorry. The no, Lord says, like, guard your heart. Yeah, so true. like if you're if you're continually pouring out in this person, are you maybe you're lacking in another area because you're trying so hard to do this when God sure. really didn't call you to do that? You know, like I, I caught myself doing that. Yeah. So protecting yourself, yes, but more I guess I would rephrase that as following the Lord's leading. Mm-hmm. As yeah. hard as that can be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of wisdom and prayer. And laying it at his feet. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do believe just from like personal experience that the Lord does give you sometimes one or two people in your life who he just calls you to love. At and like yes, set boundaries with them. So you're like, you know, you're not always with them every day. But like he does call us to love people that are hard to love. Um and sometimes we don't get anything in return other than trusting that he um, he's going to work in them, and that will be more than enough. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some situations where you just have to protect your own heart and step away and trust that God has it in his own hands. Um, but, yeah, that's a great question, Andrea, one that I struggle with a lot. Um, I think especially us as women, because I, I don't know if Luke, like Luke and I, when we have conversations about stuff like this, I don't know if guys struggle with it nearly as much, but as women I think we're naturally prone to want to care and to love and to listen and uh, help like Andrea like anytime someone is suffering you're like how can we help them you know (laughs) like we want to help we want to care we want to nurture and sometimes we can just do that until and have no boundaries and just really harm ourselves so we have to be careful in that um but yeah uh I have this quote from this commentary I'm reading about the Sermon on the Mount I should have had it with me but I think that Um, It explains these next few verses really well. 
And sorry, we're moving through these verses really slowly, but... Sorry, it's probably my fault. No, it's not your fault. I actually really... I, I don't mind it if no one else minds it. I like going slow. Um, but the next two verses, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. And the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Um, so kind of like what we were talking about at the very beginning of our lesson, all the hard parts of Christianity, as hard as they are... Um, like we wouldn't want it, we wouldn't trade it because we know that the narrow and hard path that we're on is leading to, to Jesus. Um, so in this commentary, um, he says the road that leads to the gate called destruction is large, attractive, and well traveled. Lots of people walk down it. It is the popular road, the well known road. Ideologically, it is the it is not narrow in its thinking. It's open minded. Morality is not restricted and its behavior. It has few rules. Virtually anything goes. Spiritually, it's inclusive. Those on this road agree that there is a wide highway to heaven. There are many paths that lead to one destination. Take the left, take the right, or stay in the middle, they say. We are all headed to the same place, its signs tell us. Um, so basically, this wide gate, this wide road that looks easy and welcoming and inclusive and shiny, it's not really those things. It's a... It's a it's just an illusion. It's just a temporary, um, just a lie. Um, so would you guys agree that the path that you're on is this narrow path that's leading to life? Well, it's interesting because, like, it's hard to tell because we can't all, we can't ever, like, judge whether or not we're on the right path based on our own actions. Because, like, we still sin. So we yeah. can't, like, say, I'm on the right path because I did this and this and this today. We can't say that. So, like, how do we actually know that we're on the right path? Right. And then Jesus later, like, in the Bible says that, like, I am the gate, mm. and, like, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and I'm also the shepherd. So yeah. I'm the gate and the shepherd. So it's, he's basically saying, like, hey, I am the only way. Right. So, yeah, just, I think we know we're on the right path if Jesus is our Lord, mm. and if we admit that, but, like, we're also going to mess up. So yeah. we shouldn't be like, oh, I must be off the path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also hard because he also tells us to be good, but it's just like, just keep on saying like, all about Jesus, it's always about him. Yeah, 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 for sure. I also think sometimes that when we fall off the path, it's not that we fall off and we immediately jump to the other one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just fall off and we're like behind a tree six feet off the path. And we can still see it and it's still there. We can see the other enticing path, right? But now we're like, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because you mess up doesn't mean that you're done, that you're off the path. Like Yeah, yeah. I guess what I what this passage is saying is that like the life of a Christian, a Christ follower, is all is like hard. And so like just because you're walking through hardship doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. In fact, you'd be on the wrong path if everything if you were accepting of everything and and everything's easy and everyone's truth is their truth like that's the wrong path it's not necessarily like oh I made a mistake and now I'm not on God's path it's yeah. it's just the overall directory of your life and like you said Elise like is Jesus your focus constantly reminding yourself of Jesus I think one good indicator that you're on the right path is that you allow yourself to be convicted hmm, yeah. whether it's by the Bible in personal reading or a sermon or a conversation with a friend or anything you look at yourself and you're like okay this is a problem we need to change it Mm -hmm. or 
maybe that, that that might not be so good, right? That yeah. is an indication to me that my heart is where it should be because I allow it to listen to the calls of the Lord. Hmm. And if my heart is not there and I'm like, well, I'm fine. Like, I earned it. Like, I deserved it. Like, it's right. fine. Or I should get it. Or whatever the positive spin of the hmm. life, it should be mine is. Right. If my heart is there, I'm like, okay, red flag, we need to jump ship. This is not a good thing. Yeah. But if I allow my heart to listen to those around me who are saying, hey, Andrea, you might not be doing so well here, or listen to a sermon of a pastor and allow my heart to say, okay, that applies to me. Mm-hmm. Like, when my heart is willing to be shifted yeah. so it can turn toward the Lord correctly, yeah. then I... I know that I'm at least closer to where I should be <laughs> yeah. because I'm willing to be swayed by the Lord. Mm. I have to remind myself of that a lot because it's not fun to be convicted of something. No. I love to be right. Are you kidding me? It's not fun to be <laughs> yeah. wrong. <laughs> but to, like, I think of like in Psalm 51 where David says, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. Yeah. Where like the Lord, lo- like he, like this only sacrifice we need to offer when we've done something wrong is a broken heart over our sin. And, like, that's it. He loves when we come broken because he's the one that's going to forgive us and heal us. And it shows that we actually hate our sin, which is good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, so these verses also show us that there's a choice. Every person has a choice. You choose the narrow path. So you choose Jesus and you say, I'm a sinner and I need Jesus as my Savior. Or you choose the wide path, which is like, you know, I'll go to church every once in a while. And there is a God. And yeah, Jesus, I, I know him. I'll post things on Instagram. I'll have him in my bio, but, like, I won't I won't follow him with all that I have, you know. Um, so there's a choice, and we have that choice, and every single person has this choice. Um, so looking at these verses, they should break our heart because many people will not choose the same path that you have chosen. Many people get a – everyone gets a choice, and many people are going to take the wide path because um, it says that it's well-traveled. It's, it's an easy and wide way – and those who enter it are many. So many will not choose Jesus. Um, so this shouldn't, this shouldn't hold us back from trying to get people to walk the narrow path with us, though. Um, it should just motivate us to try harder. Because if everyone gets a choice, everyone needs to know that they have a choice. And they need to know, like, the path that is wide and easy and inclusive and amazing, that path is leading to hell, you know? We have to tell people that. And that the path that we are on, the, that the, Jesus is our Savior, that we're sinners saved by grace, and then we're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus is so much better and makes the path worth it. Um, which brings us to our next section. Um, hopefully, we'll fly through this section. Um, but no worries if we don't. Um, so... This next section is about false prophets. I'll read it for us, starting in verse 15. Beware of false prophets who who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from the thorn bushes or figs from the thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. But every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will you'll recognize them by their fruits. Um, so have you guys ever been exposed to a false teacher in any medium? So like in person, social media, through a podcast, have you ever been exposed to a false teacher? I don't know about a false teacher, like mm. someone who's like you are sitting in front of me and saying, "Jesus did not die for you; he never died." Like, <laughs> I don't know. You if can I throw me out if that like ever comes. Like a false teacher like that, but there have been false 
people. Mm-hmm. So, like, the way that they understand something from the Bible is just wrong. And I know mm-hmm. that we can have different interpretations, right? That's right. Not, that's not a problem. But, like, they understand something incorrectly and try to tell me that that's how I should do it also. Right. So, it's maybe not a authority figure. Yeah. But just someone who maybe has it wrong and wants you to believe it, too. And yeah. not that it's a different interpretation, like a different mm. understanding. Because there are different understandings of things in the Bible that don't change our understanding right. of, of our, our understanding of salvation and what the Lord did and who he is. Right? Mm. There are different that's not what I'm talking about. We can debate those all day and mm. end up where we are. But like fundamental things that are that change how you believe and how you act. Right. Based on that's what yeah. But I don't know that it's ever come from an authority figure. Yeah. Yeah. For me. That's that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I mean, I can think of one time in my college experience that I'm pretty sure I went to a, like a church that was just like a little whack in its <laughs> theology and the the pastor was a little he was very manipulative. He would use passages to get people to not question things about his church and stuff like that. So like I think that I have been exposed Um, so, but the Bible talks a lot about false teachers, false prophets, people that come, um, like sheep and there'll be wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, so they're out there. There's false teachers out there. There's lots of false, um, gospels. We've talked about the prosperity gospel a lot. Um, there's lots of people that will preach, but they will have the wrong heart motivation. They'll be in it for the wrong reasons. Um, and he does this because he loves us and he wants us to be aware. So false teachers are three things. They are deceptive, but and two, they can be detected, and they three, they will be destroyed one day. Um, Did you say defective? They will be. They can be. They are deceptive. They can be detected. Detected. Oh, detected. Right. Sorry, I must have mispronounced that. Um, and one day they will be destroyed. Um, so they they are wolves in sheep's clothing, which means that they're deceptive from the outside. They're gonna look like, uh, they're gonna look like a sheep. They're gonna look fluffy and like oh they're part of the pasture and you know like we're sheep and so we're thinking they're sheep too but on the inside they're wolves so they want a lot of money or they're after power or they want to build a huge like kingdom of just themselves where they're at the center um and so questions that I always ask myself when I'm listening to a sermon and like you guys like should always ask these questions no matter who's teaching whether I'm teaching or like Maddie's teaching or Travis's teaching or like any other church you go to for the rest of your life, you need to ask, are they preaching the gospel? Are they saying the name of Jesus? Are they reading from the word of God? Because false teachers or people that teach falsely will drift away from the truth of scripture in tiny little ways that totally throw away the power of the gospel. And nothing makes me more mad when people do that, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, um, So false teachers can also, they are deceptive, but they can be detected by those things I just told you. Um, But this passage also says that they can be detected by their fruits. Um, So why do you think a false teacher can be detected by their fruits? What kind of fruits are going to come? I guess rephrase. What kind of fruits are going to come from a a teacher or a leader who is walking faithfully with the Lord. Who is? Who is? Yeah. Oh my goodness, a million things. They admit their faults when they're talking. They'll say like, "I struggle with this too," and you know, "I needed to hear this this week," or 
they reach out to you, they genuinely want to tell you, they let you know, hey, I've been praying for you, how's this going? They follow mm. back in, they're invested in your life as a teacher. Mm. Yeah. And they read directly from the Bible, they teach directly from the Bible, they reference directly from the Bible. The Bible is the main source of mm. teaching. Yeah, yeah, those are all great fruits. Yeah, and obviously no preacher or teacher or leader in the church is going to be perfect. Um, Like, they're just people. But for the most part, the fruits of their life will be displayed. I think also, and this one is very controversial, so I'm going to try to be careful how I say it. Hmm. If their parents, their children, reflect those things. Now, kids have their own choices. They do their own things. um, But before they're to that point in their life where they make their own choices, are their kids joyful at church or are they grumpy have they heard the name of jesus before do they know what that is is that a normal thing in their house like yeah those sort of things so i'm not saying that children of leaders in in their christian world or even just christian parents right that they never follow it but then it's also how they deal with that are they like shunning their children are they saying never come back into my house again or Mm -hmm. are they forgiving and loving do they pray for their children do they constantly seek others to say hey can you pray for my kid like here's what's Mm -hmm. going on we we just need to just make sure the lord is still surrounding them so it's how they react to to big stuff in their life yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah and that is a controversial one because there's definitely like leaders who don't like john piper his son fell away from the faith and now he's a pastor like his son is a pastor but yeah that's very true on the other side of it, if someone is a leader or even just a parent in a Christian church and their kids are not kind, they're not loving, they're not, right? Kids mimic what they see. Right. So if I as a parent am hateful, if I'm unkind, if I say mean things, if mm-hmm. I treat my son unkindly, if you know, I don't say nice things to Luke, we don't do fun things together, I ignore him all day, then that's how he's going to treat others. Right. Because he learns from what he sees Mm -hmm. until he gets to an age where he understands that that's not how it all works. Mm -hmm. So are their kids? You know, I I know know what you mean. I know. I know. (laughs) But it's so controversial; it's hard to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But no, I get, I get that, and it is true sometimes. Um, So yeah, and then on the opposite side, false teachers. um, Sometimes you can't always see their fruits right away, um, but usually it's not. God-centered, Christ-centered fruits. Um, so there's this documentary that just came out about a large church that many of you guys probably know um, who had a lot of misconduct exposed. And basically it's a church that like rose really fast, became huge. They're like, like whew, big church. Um, and now a lot of their leadership has been exposed for like sexual misconduct and abuse and manipulation and financial fraud and stuff like that um so this like church itself is very fruitful they've they're the largest church in the world and so from the outside view it looks like they're doing everything right because the fruit of their ministry is huge and powerful um but on the inside many of their leaders are now in jail or in trial or in court because they're they're corrupt and so how can we be wise to not just look at the size of a ministry and say that must be a great ministry because of how big it is? How can we be wise and think about maybe it's not about the size? Well, I, I think if we like use our judgment and we like 
based on the word and we think we found like a church of like this is good speaks the word mm -hmm. they talk about jesus they all show fruit this is perfect i think we definitely like can go to that church but we also have to make sure that us ourselves stay inside the word yeah because we know that like it may not be what it seems and mm -hmm. if that ever does happen if we're ever if something like that is ever exposed in that way that that church was we know that we ourselves can like hold on to the word and mm. eventually God will be faithful and take us to the next place. Right. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. Cause leaders will always let us down whether in a big way or a small way, mm -hmm. but if we're sticking to the word and we know like it's all about Jesus, it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. we can continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes like the size of a ministry doesn't determine the, like the heart of the ministry. Um, it's very easy to be successful in a worldly sense, but in God's eyes, it's like, he can see through it all. He knows it all. Um, but yet he can still use it for good. Um, and ultimately, Jesus is stronger than false teachers. And false teachers who don't repent, who don't come to know Jesus as their savior, they will be destroyed. Like it says in the Bible, like God takes it very seriously. Like in, in James, it's like, be careful. Don't be a teacher because everything you say is going to be held before God. Like you're going to be held accountable for everything you say, which is like terrifying. Like yeah. if you teach the word, like... <laughs> and you're teaching it to other people, every word you say, God is, like, kind of, like, because you're teaching people about God, so you have to, like, be super careful. So these false teachers who are saying the false things, like, they're dealing with God. They're not dealing with us. They're dealing with God. So, um, and we can leave it to him and trust that he'll either bring their heart to repentance or he'll just deal with it one day. Um, so keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, like Elise said. Just remind yourself that even though the path is hard, even though all these things we, written, we wrote down, you guys will experience at different points in your life, um, one day it'll be totally worth it because we'll be in heaven with Jesus and there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more pain and there'll be no weird relationships or hardships or persecutions or being made fun of. We'll just be with him. We'll all be for him. Um, and ultimately Jesus tells us to walk the narrow path because that's what he did. He walked the narrow path like Delaney, how she watched the passion last night. That is the hardest path to walk on, to be crucified, even though you're innocent. Jesus chose to walk that for us because he loves us, because he wanted us to be saved from our sins, and he knew that we were destined to God's wrath unless he took it upon himself. And so now we're called to also walk the path of suffering, knowing that we don't go to, through it alone, but we walk with him. Um, so yeah, that is all I have for us today. Thanks for um, listening so well. And um, next week we'll finish up the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm so excited. Um, um, Maddie, could you close us in prayer? Mm -hmm. uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this Saturday morning and for bringing us all here today. Thank you for giving Riley the desire and the wisdom to teach your word. Um, Lord, would you just, um, just let your word um, just dwell within our hearts and just remind us, um, this, especially this week, but I mean, every day too, that um, you died for us and that you rose again three days later um, and we just thank you for that also and would you just give us a safe week ahead and in the name of God, amen. Amen.